This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Justin. Yeah. How did, uh, how did we start this podcast thing again? How did that happen? Um, I think we just hit record and we're like, Hey, let's try to record a podcast and see what happens. Yeah. Because I had, I had been hired by a client to create a podcast for him. And so I'm like, well, while we're doing, while I'm doing that, I might as well just try to create my own and just, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And so it's just like two guys and two bad mics and, uh, a record button and that's all, that's all it was. But, uh, you know, some people, some, but we've learned a lot along the way. And there are some mistakes that I wouldn't make again. Uh, and some mistakes I would definitely keep making. So, uh, but, but uh, I, I want to take this opportunity for a new segment that we have on the Marketing Geeks called The Marketing Geeks Helps People. Wow, that's a, quite a creative name. You like that? Did you come up with that yourself? Did you come up with that? I did. Oh, right. It took me a long time, man. It took me a long time. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I... You said The Marketing Geeks Helps People. I think it would be help with it without an S. Oh, God. <laughs> this grammar thing it kills me man i mean uh, well okay okay well I, i'll work on the title maybe maybe it could be like bad advice for smart people who knows we'll we'll figure it out uh but in the meantime ladies and gentlemen we are going to help somebody today uh and we're going to do it right now ladies and gentlemen we are the marketing geeks marketing geeks and we're back a theme song so good uh for our new segment which we call uh the marketing geeks help people i think help help peoples help peoples and and today we are we are joined by one of our previous guests amy ballet and josh miles and uh who are putting together their own podcast and so i got a cool email from them saying hey would you mind giving me bad advice that I can completely ignore? And I said, I can do that. Uh, but what would be even better is if we recorded it so we could have uh, have some of our seven listeners listen in as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Amy Vallier and Josh Miles, thank you so much for joining us uh, back on the Marketing Geeks. You're, you're actually our first repeat uh, person that we've had on the show. So Nice. I appreciate thank it. Yeah, and, and in such a short period of time too, which is nice. <laughs> it, it is nice, uh, and because uh, that was a great show, and and we talked. Uh, give us a little bit about your background again, Amy. So I started a company called uh, Killer Visual Strategies, originally Killer Infographics. Um, been running it for about ten years. It's one of the leading visual communication and creative content agencies in the U.S. and globally. Um, we do um, creative content for Fortune 500 companies, really helping them engage their audiences with as few words as possible using visual communication. Um, I'm also the author of the book, Killer Visual Strategies, which dives into exactly how to harness the power of visual communication so that your marketing can be leveled up many, many notches so that you can really see the success of quality visual content because 91% of audiences prefer visual content over any other form of communication from brands. And Josh has been really at my side from, from day one with all of this. Uh, I'll let Josh introduce himself. Uh, yeah, thanks, Amy. Yeah, I basically just sort of hopped aboard and rode Amy's coattails for the last nine years. Uh, joined Killer very uh, in the early days when we were just designing infographics and um producing a large volume of those and, and sort of shooting them out into the internet uh, back when anything called an infographic would really uh, get you clicks. Uh, I worked with her to, to build out some broader creative capabilities such as video and motion graphics and uh, currently working with her as, cre as chief creative officer um, and helping drive some of the visual strategy for those Fortune 500 brands. So been a, a pretty wild, crazy nine, 10 year journey and excited to explore some new areas of content creation, uh, which is why we were hoping we could get on this show with you and 
really pick your brains. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, pick pick away. I don't know uh, how much you'll actually get out of out of that that picking, but uh, you know, wear some wear some like boots. I recommend that. Uh, so so what? Uh, t- tell us like first of all, give give me the concept. Tell me what the idea is and and why 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 doing a podcast uh at all like what was the genesis of this so um and josh you know fill in the blanks where you can as well um basically you know for the past decade josh and i have been working with all of these big companies helping them take very complex concepts and simplify them for ease of understanding for mass audiences and through that we've had to find all of these different ways to just kind of really unpack some crazy ideas that that seem to be something that you'd have to read long, lengthy books just to understand. And we found that that's what we love so much about what we do is really helping people understand the very complex um, concepts and ideas out there. And what we've been doing a lot lately is helping a lot of business owners understand complex concepts about business as well. So we started talking about what we would like to do that, that kind of gives us, um, ma- makes us feel like we're in our genius zone a little bit more. Um, and the idea that we, we kind of came to was, well, what if we did a daily 15-minute podcast that took a complex concept and unpacked it in 15 minutes or less so that by the time you're done with that 15-minute podcast, you have a much greater understanding and grasp on that concept and can start applying it that day. And these concepts can be something like EBITDA, which is simple to some people, but very confusing to others, or gap accounting. Um, Or we could dive into what the full stack is and really explain that in more depth. Um, Or we've even talked about diving into quantum computing and and really explaining what quantum computing is, because that's kind of the future. Um, and all business owners really need to understand that future and what's what's ahead of them. So um, we're calling it decomplexified, and um, we're going to be basically, you know, having fun taking taking the time, becoming mini experts on a topic, and then sharing it with our audiences, just like we've been doing for the past decade for Fortune 500 companies. Now we want to do it at, the, at an even broader rate. Um, Josh, fill in any blanks that, that I might have there. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, pretty much it, you know, over the past decade, just by virtue of the type of work we've been doing, we've had exposure to really every industry, every vertical. If you named an industry, I could name you at least a handful of clients we've worked with. So we've built this pretty broad sort of generalist understanding of a lot of topics uh, while maintaining our, you know, focused niche or specialization in the type of creative work that we do. And, uh, you know, we're really inspired by by entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs, folks who are, you know, maybe working at larger organizations, but still have that sort of drive and passion to to build something that they can really uh, claim as their own. Uh, but, you know, you can't really have uh, a full understanding of all the different things that you need to be aware of. But what you really need when you're in that position is, hey, what's enough information for me to really make a good judgment call and keep moving forward and not really get bogged down in the weeds of things, trying to you know, do a, a really deep dive, say, in like gap accounting or EBITDA. You know, you, you don't need to have a, a accountant's understanding of EBITDA. You, you really just need enough information in order to make the right decision to move forward with whatever sort of venture you're undertaking. And that's what we want to do. We want to be able to give people these really quick shot um, uh, deep dives into this subject matter so that they can walk away saying, hey, you know, I know enough about this now to confidently make some decisions. Got it. So uh, my question, my question with this would be, I love the concept. Um, What's the outcome of the podcast in your mind? Is it is it to prove like to prove the fact that you can break down these concepts as a as a like um, a way of showing that you're able to do it for businesses, too? Or is it just a play for additional exposure to your brand? Like, what's the outcome that you're looking for from this, uh, from having a podcast? Or do, you, or do you think it would just be fun? It's it's kind of a little bit of everything you just said. I mean, there's definitely a huge fun aspect to it. Um, Josh had brought up the idea of starting a podcast probably like six months ago as we were just kind of talking about different ideas that we had to to kind of further our um, exposure to different information. And um, as he brought that up, I actually poo-pooed the idea. 
I was like, oh, there are too many podcasts out there. And, and there's so many podcasts that all kind of follow the same subjects. And how can we do a podcast on visual information? Because in my mind, it was, well, we'd have to be talking about visual information. And how do we do a podcast on that? And then I started doing the rounds of podcasts um, for my book to really promote my book. And I had so much fun being on these interviews, being on your show, being on other shows, getting to know podcast hosts. And this part of me just said, wow, I really want to do this. This seems like a lot of fun to, to have the opportunity to um, get to know subject matter experts over times and, and also just to have the opportunity to spend more time um, talking about complex ideas with Josh, which is one of the most fun things that we do every day as we're unpacking a client's needs, I find that I get the most excited when Josh and I are really kind of coming up with ways to simplify those ideas. So um, this is kind of, you know, first driven by fun, but we're not going to lie. This, this would be a nice, um, you, you know, a nice kind of side project where we can generate some revenue off of it as well. Um, Josh and I are currently, um, working on writing a book together and we could also use this to help kind of propel that book as well. So there's a lot of different ways that we could be utilizing this podcast. Um, but we are interested in getting advertisers and monetizing the podcast as well. So I just want to say a couple things real quick. Like, I mean, Andres and I, like a good chunk of this podcast that we do is because we get to stay in touch with each other because he moved to the Netherlands. He used to live closer to where I live. And like, this is our way of communicating and staying in touch and having fun. And, and then the, the other aspects though, like the side benefits of the podcast, number one, um, both of us had relatively low profiles going into this and we've kind of expanded our profiles, you know, somewhat, and we're continuing to expand that and grow some brand uh, authority. Uh, secondly, it's like networking on steroids. I mean, the people that we get to connect with that you, we would not normally get to connect with some of these people. Like we've had like John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, like some of the bigger name podcasters on our show. And we, and we made great um, friends too. Like we made a few friends yeah, out and, of it as well. And meet people. And, yeah. and, and then beyond that, it's, um, it's like you, you guys probably have these conversations anyway. So okay. it's like, why not just hit the record button and make it a podcast and, and then, you know, find out if there's an audience. And I think there will be because what you've described to me is something I would want to listen to. I'd be very interested in having those kind of concepts broken down in 15 minutes. And, and to me, every episode, you could even have a call to action. Like, Hey, if you, if your business, uh, if people have trouble understanding the way that you describe your business to them, you saw us break down this complex topic. We could do it for your business, something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. it runs really well to your business. Go ahead. And, and there's also what I'm thinking, are, are you planning also on doing an infographic per show of the topic that you cover? I wish we could. That that would require quite a lot of work. A quality yeah. infographic is is a good, you know, a small one is going to be 25 hours of work. So mm -hmm. To do a daily podcast for 15 minutes plus 25 hours of work a day of a small infographic would be a little much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is that your vision, a daily podcast? Yeah, we're talking about daily, maybe, you know, by, by daily week weekdays, you know, five days a week, 15 minutes a day. Um, but we might start with just one a week because it's going to take some time to really build up an episode base to to get them do out. that. Yeah, yeah because because it, it, honestly, uh, you know, it, it, it seems on the surface, like, Oh, how hard could it be hit record? But, you know, you do want to do some audio, uh, editing you do. There's always going to be like tiny things that you want to adjust. You want to add some, you know, the music, all of that for every, you know, every, like how many hours would you say you put in Justin per episode? We record the episode, but then in post, cause you do a lot of the post. Um, how many hours do you put in? Probably three to five. Yeah. And then, and then Iris, uh, our producer, my wife, she, uh, puts together the social media content, uh, and handles the guests. Uh, you won't have that as much, but you'll be doing the research and she probably puts in two to three hours per episode, uh, just to like create the content and put it, push it on social media. And then lately what I've been doing is I've been recording the episodes and streaming them live onto um, social media, so uh, Facebook, YouTube, and um, and that also takes a few hours. So each episode on the surface is just an hour long, but after you know we we write the show notes and all that stuff, we're we're talking a, a good chunk of time. So uh, so what I would recommend here, and here here th th that's number one, and number two is that 
even though you have an idea of where you want the show to go, by episode five or six, it's going to start to become its own thing. And so it's kind of like you say, well, I've got a boat and I'm going to sail, but I don't really, I kind of have a compass. I got some directions, but then once you're at sea, you're like, well, it's kind of, we're kind of headed this way now. So let's go this way. So, so I, I, I would, first thing I would recommend is start recording and don't worry about quality because you're, the show will evolve as you go. And the show that we started with is not the show that we have now. Uh, so, so number one, uh, definitely like just go for it, but, but take it like every day you're going to, you're going to, that is a guaranteed recipe for going bananas. Now, now that said, if you, you mentioned this book that you're writing, and I don't know if you can tie this into it, but let's say hypothetically that you did do an infographic for every single one of these concepts that you did, and you did a limited run of episodes per season, right? So you had like maybe 10, 15 episodes per season, and each episode then did have an infographic. You can then bundle that all together and then sell that as a product. And when you do the episodes, you can say, we're coming out with a book and you can start pushing it out. Because the other thing is, is that your first few episodes, you're not going to get any listeners. You're going to look at your numbers and be like, no one is listening to this. But as you move along, you're going to suddenly find, oh, people are listening to this and they're going to go back and listen to the first episodes. And then all of a sudden you have this kind of whole volume of things. So uh, what you don't want to happen is that you do this as, because it sounds like a cool passion project. But then as you move forward with it, you're like, this kind of sucks. We got to like, you know, because you, you're, you're also going to get fans. They're going to want to like talk to you. You're going to want to respond to them. And, and all of that, everything I'm talking about is going to suck time away because you're going to also want to do your social media. You're going to want to like, um, I'm also going to recommend that when you do this, very good idea to start recording these and streaming them out because you can also put them on YouTube. A lot of the things that you're talking about uh, can be things that people would want to find on YouTube. So if you have a small episode and you add a few graphics along with it, uh, just simple, like maybe a PowerPoint presentation, that can be searchable and that can also feed back into your business as well. Because if somebody is looking for this one particular thing, uh, I can uh, share with you a couple of ways, uh, you know, when you get to that point that you can, you can keyword your, your videos. So they show up at the top of search results. So, so these are all things that you want to consider. And, and then you also want to weigh out like time versus return on your investment because it, it does, it takes a little more work on the service and the, you know, like anything else, as you know, with infographics, the more work that you put into it, the, the more awesome it's going to be. Uh, and, and as I say to my clients, I can give you, I can give you something for fast. I can give you something that's inexpensive or I can give you something with quality, but I can only give you two of those things. So choose, right? You got to get into that same sort of mindset. You know, I, I really appreciate that because honestly, it's, it is one of those things where when you're from the outside looking in, a lot of things seem simple. And Josh and I have continued to, to mention the fact that even in our industry, from the outside looking in, clients might look at our work and say, oh, that seems simple. That was probably put together in a couple of hours. They don't realize the more simple and streamlined and seamless something looks, the more work actually goes into producing it in the background. And, and sounds like it's the exact same with this type of content. And that's the thing with content. Content takes a heck of a lot of work. And a heck of a lot of passion. Yeah. And so I really appreciate you guys kind of setting that record straight and kind of breaking down the hours you guys put in because I think it already helps me start to evolve the idea. And that's the best part about this. We have an idea. When we launch in a month or two, will it be the same idea? I don't know. <laughs> It'll evolve. I mean, the main thing is if if you want to be able like a daily podcast, the only way that's really going to be viable is if you have if you, you've probably recorded a few in advance before you even launched the show, mm -hmm. you've developed a system with a team. So it's like, all you have to do is press record and that's your responsibility. And then you pass it off to your team members. One of the things with your type of show is that you are, are pure content. Now we started our show off as pure content. If you go back to the first season, we call a season uh, first, I don't know, 40 episodes. It was just me and Andros talking about marketing concepts. Sometimes. Yeah. For the most part. 
but I mean, it was pure, it was pure content and just us two. We didn't really bring a guest on until, um, until after six months or so, maybe eight months into the show. And, and one of the things that's nice about having guests on the show is that you don't have to come up with content anymore. When you have a guest on there, they provide the content and you're just doing an interview. So it, it changes the, it changed our dynamic about like how much research had to go in, in upfront. Now I do like to, uh, I do like to do a little bit of research on the guest that's coming on, but it's, but it's less, it's less prep on that aspect. Whereas when you're, when you're doing your thing, you're, there's going to be a lot of time just spent taking those topics that you're talking about and demystifying them or decomplexifying them. That's a, that's a lot of work too. I'm sure that's going to take at least a couple hours of in and of itself mm-hmm. to prep the content for each episode. So one of the things you should do is probably jot down like a hundred episode topics so that you have those ready uh, in, in the can. And then if something else comes up and you want to, you want to record that first, that's fine. But you have a hundred of those so that you're not, you don't wake up one week and you want to record a podcast, but you, you're both stumped on what the, what the topic's going to be. <laughs> so I, w- I would highly suggest having a list because uh, again, sometimes you, you think like it's an unlimited, it's an unlimited aspect. There's unlimited things that we can break down it, and there might be, but you might also have a big blank one week if you don't have those kind of uh, pre-mapped out. So that's, that's a couple of suggestions I would throw in there. Awesome. Yeah. And, and especially, especially, you know, again, the everyday thing, please do not do that. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on anybody unless you like won the lottery and you got a team of people and you're just like, yeah, whatever, go, you know, I'm going to record for like, as Justin said, I'm going to record for 10 minutes and you guys figure it out. But uh, if it's, if it's just you two, um, you know, yeah, start with, with maybe recording some uh, and then you know, figuring out what the tone and and how you communicate is. I mean, I I can already tell. Um, you know, Josh is probably the quiet one. I'm. I don't know if that's accurate, but uh, you know, you, you've got to you've got to figure out your flow together and mm-hmm. and how how the dynamic works. And that's one of the things that people seem to appreciate about Justin and I is that we have this stupid uh, dumb banter. <laughs> we secretly hate each other, but. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it comes across as friendly, like not that secretly, like the Sex and the City Girls or whatever. Um, <laughs> great, great metaphor, like, perfect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely Miranda. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I usually, I like to let Amy uh, put her foot in her mouth, and then I get to come through and, and sound like the smart one who clears things up and, and sets the record straight. That's like me. So I think uh, we yeah. have we have a good rapport that way. Um, it's pretty much spot a, on. A particular role, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was about to say Josh is the smart one. He just sits back and lets me take the <laughs> take the limelight. But if ever I say something super smart, it usually came from Josh first. <laughs> well, well, but but that's the thing. So like, if you're going to break down this topic, you've got to already have this thing outlined, right? And yep. so the the outlining of that is going to that's probably the thing that's going to take the most amount of time. Um, you know, if you listen to like a podcast like Behind the Bastards, they already have the story like read out and they read part of it and then do commentary along the way. So that's like something um, that that you can you can do. Um, but uh, but but you also want to make this kind of content accessible to other people, like maybe have a checklist or whatever. Yeah. I would also go on YouTube and just see like what else people are doing with these particular subjects. And if uh, that makes sense to uh, like I said, just put it on YouTube. But I think that, you know, YouTube is really underutilized when it comes to especially information um, and, and this type of thing. So that would be the other thing. And then another part of it is don't worry about getting it perfect or the way it sounds. It the the I, I had one client that I was doing some audio stuff for, and she wanted me to remove every single thing that sounded even like an um or a space or and it was like, it was insane. And, and it, it wasn't even that great. The sound recording was awful. That was the other part, the, the, the actual audio part of it. So it doesn't matter what uh, she sounded like. So the more natural it sounds, the better. So don't worry about like, if you, cause this will happen, you're going to listen back to it and you'll be like, Oh my God, I sound so stupid. <laughs> and uh, I do that every time that I listen to my own voice. I mean, we, we all do, but uh, there's probably a good reason for that. Other people actually say that about me too. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about some fundamentals of podcasting. Um, and so have you chosen like a hosting platform for your podcast? Have you picked a recording software? Do you know about editing? I mean, do you know about these kind of things? Yeah. Um, 
definitely have some experience in editing. We have a sound booth um, in our office, which you know we're not in right now because of COVID. Uh, we would record a lot of voiceovers for explainer videos, motion graphics. Um, and then now been doing a lot of remote interview video capture. So guiding a lot of that sort of stuff and editing videos and timelines. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly curious about uh, the recording platform Squadcast, which we're using now is something that I've, I've been interested in. I know a lot of folks use Zencaster. Mm -hmm. um, I've been using this, this program called Descript for when I'm uh, producing, you know, a short like 90 second interview. Maybe I have four different interviewees and I've done 30 minute interview with each of them. And what I like about Descript is it will auto transcribe all of the content. So it's, it's just a lot easier to scan text than scrub through a couple hours of video. Does Descript record or do you just upload the audio file there? It can record, I believe. I've just used it for, um, you know, if I capture a lot of video footage, I'll import that and it will, it will transcribe it. And then I can start moving stuff around, copying, and pasting, and building timelines to export to, to Premiere and, and do my final video. So, yeah, I have a lot of questions uh, around just the production side of things. I think Amy can speak more to the, the hosting considerations. I will say that we, we started on Zencaster. So when we launched the show, we used Zencaster. We had some problem with what's called audio drift when we mm. use Zencaster. Now, they may have fixed that since. Um, but what would happen is our audio tracks, I would download you know, my audio track. I'd download Andres' audio track. I'd go into edit, and they would fall out of sync. And it didn't matter that I lined them up perfectly. They would still fall out of sync because the way like, these are internet speeds or whatever it was. So it's, it's a phenomenon called audio drift. So when Squadcast launched, one of the things that they put on their like, homepage was no audio drift. And that's what initially attracted to, uh, us to it. But they're, both of these are very similar. The only thing I do like about Zencaster that Squadcast has not implemented is they, Zencaster has a soundboard if you have a paid version of the software. So if you have both of, if both of you are in a, like a Zencaster room, you can also add sound effects by, um, you can upload them before the show and just click a button and then it'll play the sound effect as you're going on the soundboard. So Andros kind of does that using like a mixer. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a lot more, you know, it's a lot fancier for what he's doing to add sound effects to his Squadcast. But on Zencaster, it's just like a built-in kind of um, soundboard. So it's really easy to add. Like if you wanted to add your theme music while you're live, you could do that. Or like if you have like a, a sound effect for different segments of the show, things like, yeah, but kind of like a radio DJ would do. Uh, it's kind of fun. So that's what I found with Zencaster. Um, again, the reason we migrated was because of that audio drift and they very well, that was two years ago. So there's a good chance they may have fixed that by now. I don't know. Um, and, and then hosting though, if you need a hosting platform essentially to where you're going to store all your podcast episodes and the, the ones that there's like kind of three of them that I kind of recommend, um, for beginners or people that aren't sure, or, and actually, I, I've actually found this, this platform to be pretty solid regardless is, is anchor.fm it's a free platform for hosting it's now owned by spotify um, a lot of people have doubts about it and i've had many many conversations on this topic one of the things was that people were afraid because it's free you don't own the rights to your show so anchor has gone in and they've updated their terms of service and in bold bold print it's like you do own the rights to your show you can transfer it at a later time um the other thing that people always come to me and tell me is that you can't, if you, if you use their auto submit feature, so they will automatically submit your podcast to like iTunes or Apple podcasts and Spotify and all these networks. If they do that, then you didn't create the login. So you can't access the back end of Apple podcasts on your own, but they actually have added a workaround to that where now you can, after the fact, add in an email address and then create a login. So there is a way to do that now. So most of those things have been resolved. The, the one thing that I have not seen resolved is that there's no way on the, when you go to like Apple Podcasts, there's a link to your website. That website link will automatically default to the Anchor page. And the second part of that is that if you ever embed a player, it's always going to have the Anchor FM branding on it. Um, they will automatically try to watermark your cover art, but there's an option to turn that off. And they will, and they will try to add a, a little segment on the, back, on the bottom of every one of your show notes, but there's an option to turn that off too. If you know what you're doing, it's a pretty solid platform, but it, there's a few things you have to kind of get right. Uh, then the second one would be Podbean. That's the second one I, I think is a pretty solid platform. That one is, I believe, about 20 bucks a month. Or if you pay the year in full, it's a little bit less than that. Um, it'll, the cost would be a little bit less average down. And that one is a little bit, it has a little bit stronger of analytics, I would say, than like Anchor. Anchor has decent analytics. Um, 
So I think Podbean's a pretty solid one that a lot of people choose just because they don't trust a free option. And I, it's kind of like my second choice. The, the top one that I recommend to people would be Lipson. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna invest, I would usually go with Lipson. That's L I B S Y N, and that's like the uh, they call it the OG of podcasting. That one is what John Lee Dumas is always promoting. He's like their super affiliate, and they don't even have an affiliate program, but he just was he uses it so much they made one for him. <laughs> um, and that one it just has probably the strongest analytics. They have a just a strong back end in general. Uh, I think Lipson is a very solid platform, and most of the Bigger podcasts that I talk to use Lipson, so I, I would endorse it for uh, for most people. It, it's it's based on how much file size you upload is how much you pay. So I, I don't know that you'll have to go to the pricing table, but depending on how many um, how big your files are, that's how much they charge you per month. It's probably going to range fifteen to twenty dollars a month. Um, it would be my my guess. And they I don't believe they have an annual option, so you're pretty much paying. You're probably going to end up paying if you're doing a weekly show. You'll probably end up paying twenty dollars a month. Is my um, assumption. And so those are the three. And then as far as analytics go, um, I would say Lipson has the best analytics, Podbean the second and Anchor the third. But there's other things like this Chartable. If you go to Chartable, you can actually set up, you you kind of put in your RSS feed and they will they will send you updates every single week for free, which will tell you like where you are in the rankings. What's really cool is they'll tell you different countries. So like, for instance, recently we were in like the top charts in, uh, what was it, like Australia or something? Like we broke into like the top 10 for some reason. And really? Yeah, it, it was, it was, that was on Apple Podcasts. And then on Spotify, this always astounds me when, when this happens. At the end of the year, Spotify released their analytics. Like they have like a year end review and they're like, your biggest user growth was in Canada. So Canadians love us. Thank you, Canada. We love you too, mostly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of fun to look at that. And then Apple Podcasts, if you access the direct back end of their platform, they only track 60 days, but they give you like exactly where people drop off, how long they listen, like really detailed analytics per episode. So it's, it's some really cool stuff there. The one thing they don't give you is they'll never tell you how many subscribers you have. Uh, that's something that they keep secret to themselves. I have no idea why, but they do that. They will tell you the percentage of subscribers that listen versus uh, non-subscribers. So I guess if you've got a calculator out, you can kind of do the math. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but that, yeah, that's a little bit about um, analytics and hosting. So now, uh, if if I were to do it all over again, this is yeah. one of the things that, like, one of the regrets that I have is that what what we haven't really done, and it's just because we're so busy, is we have a website, but we don't really maintain it, unfortunately, and that's kind of my job. And I, admittedly, have dropped the ball hard on this one, but it's been a crazy, like the the, the year has been crazy, like the last two years have been just bananas. And and uh, that said, you know, Justin and I have talked a lot about putting together like a LinkedIn mastery course and having it for sale. We even recorded some content around that, um, but it hasn't quite come to fruition yet. And so if, if we were to do it from the beginning, I would have had the, the website and then at some point created some digital product that I could sell to the listeners and promote it on the show to create some sort of uh, form of, of income. So uh, I think, I think that, that you, when you set forth on this, in the back of your mind, part of that compass, part of that map is to think, how can we collect email addresses, you know, get followers on LinkedIn, uh, promote the show on Instagram, and then, you know, turn that into some sort of revenue down the line. Um, otherwise, you know, it's, I mean, again, Justin and I do this for fun. We love doing it. We love helping people. We, I, I love the fact that people listen to, to the show. Um, and I, I think we're doing a service on, on some level. But I also feel that there there should be ways to like like once we build that up, then we could monetize that. We haven't really done that as well as we could have. Yeah, well, we have done so. We've experimented with sponsorships at times, and those have been like covering the expenses <laughs> essentially when they've happened. Uh, it, there's like three ways that you could find sponsors for shows, and we've used a couple of these, uh, or not this more than three ways, I guess. But uh, number one is your hosting platform. So like Anchor.fm. They connect you with sponsors, and usually they will be their first sponsor of your show. Um, they pay you in a CPM basis, cost per one thousand listens. It's like ten. Mm-hmm. It's like ten dollars um, per thousand, I think, or less. Uh, it might be eight, eight bucks per thousand. And it's so it, it, they have that they have that kind of um, CPM basis. So when they're active, so it's when that when they're actually letting you uh, run the ads and they're and they have that active, they will have that included there. 
And so if you, depending on what you're getting, I mean, that can be, that can be nice to offset like the cost of like your, your softwares and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And at best you'll, you'll probably do like a couple hundred bucks per month. Um, for, for most shows, I mean, some shows are going to break out and be, and be huge. Like, I mean, John Lee Dumont, for example, is getting millions of downs a month and he's making plenty of, he, he's probably running three different ads per episode and he's doing a daily podcast on top of that. <laughs> so you do the math there. He's making good money. Um, the other ways of getting sponsors though, are there's the sponsor networks. So there's um, advertise cast is a big one. So advertise cast where you can list your show and they will help it. And they basically have a, um, like a, a marketplace of podcasts that that advertisers can go to and purchase ads for, and then they have Midroll is a big one that's come out. Uh, so Midroll is another big one. As a hosting platform, Podbean has their own advertising network, and it's pretty easy to qualify for that one. Lipson has an advertising network too. However, Lipson's is the one that's um, hardest to get in, into. I think they require like five hundred thousand downloads or so before they'll even let you uh let you into it it might even be a million it's one of those two for the threshold so it's not it's not one that's easy to break in on the lips in network for the for the advertising so if you're if you're looking for sponsors the the way to do that is either to go to like a mid-roll or advertise cast kind of those uh aggregated networks or reach out directly to companies and i've known a few different podcasts that have reached out directly to companies and gotten pretty big deals like one of them, for instance, got a deal with Wells Fargo for like $10,000 a month and was essentially they had a couple rules. It was like we have to interview one executive from the company. We have uh, every month and we have to you know feature the ads every single month. So they they did that. And that, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good that's a solid chunk of change. So that's like, a, you know, that's that's something you can you can work with. You're actually you're actually that's actually what I would call really monetizing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, let's say let's say, for instance, yeah. you want to do something like, you know, how to use Tableau in, you know, mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in 15 minutes. Uh, you, if you're if you have an, a big enough audience, you could contact, you know, their marketing department and, you know, say, well, we'll do your this episode if you want to sponsor it. You know, so that's that is another way to do it. So there's lots of ways to skin this particular cat. Uh, but, but it's something you probably want to think about upfront. Like, do I want to make money on this or is this just kind of a goof that we're going to do? The other thing making money though, is like, I mean, I, I do a lot of podcast consulting now. And the reason that I'm able to do that is because I have a show like this that gives me the credibility to be able to do it. So, I mean, there are like, there's backend benefits to it. So it's like, because this show has a, has an audience and because it's in the, in the charts, it gives, it gives both of us uh, extra credibility. And I've gotten plenty of clients because um, just because of the show, as far as like podcast consulting. And it's also great for like, if you're speaking, if you're a speaker or something like that, it's a mm-hmm. great like kind of authority boost, booster when you're being introduced to the stage. Um, there's, so many, there's so many like just kind of extra benefits that come from being a podcast host. Plus every time you meet someone at a live event, it's like, hey, I'd love to interview you on the show. And it gives a, it gives a good reason to continue the conversation with somebody and it gives a good reason to talk, um, to open a conversation with somebody that, you know, you might feel on a lower status than uh, like at least, uh, you know, perceptually. So it's, uh, it's kind of a, a cool thing in those regards too. Right. And, uh, finally just random stuff. Um, uh, you know, it sounds like you have a sound booth. That's great. Uh, I also recommend, I, I use, uh, the zoom H2N microphone, which I really like. Because uh, it's directional, you could use one microphone and put it between two people, and it sounds like you're right in the middle of them. Uh, it, the the sound quality is pretty good. Justin has the Sure, is it the Sure 150? What is that? SM7B. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one that Joe Rogan uses. Um, and those are those are both um, really. There, I mean, I don't know if there's a, a sound quality difference. It's just a matter of preference. I like having the ability of uh, to just take this little mic and take it anywhere do an interview. Um, the other thing that I recommend is just getting, uh, if you, if you can see this, like a little arm that goes to your desk so you can prop up the mic and then have it right in front of you at the, at the perfect distance. Uh, and then also using, uh, if you want to go live. So there's, there's, there's one last thing that I would recommend. And that is when you record the actual program, uh, you can live stream that then you can take the audio and and cut it down to the episode and the video and cut it down to an episode and upload that to 
YouTube. So you end up with basically three different types of content and even, you know, cut it down smaller for like, um, uh, like an Instagram, but then you're attacking different types of social media with different types of content. And it's very handy if people, which I highly recommend everyone do go to LinkedIn and follow the marketing geeks podcast there. Whenever we go live with something, everyone gets a notification. So, uh, if, if you have the LinkedIn live, Question about your mic. Is that plugging into an interface or is it plugging directly into your computer? Is it USB? Or? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I have, this is an XLR mic. So I have a, I have like a mini amp that it's connected to, to make it work. Um, when I started, I used the Yeti blue, which is a USB mic. Mm -hmm. And that's like a very average USB mic. It's a, it's a, it's a decent starter mic. Um, and eventually when we had the show on for a few years and I'm like, hey, you know what, I have time to graduate to a, a professional mic. <laughs> so this one, yeah, this is an XLR. So it requires a few different, um, components to make it work, mm -hmm. but it, uh, it's not too complicated of a setup. I mean, I figured it out. I'm not an audio engineer per se, but I'm able, you know, I'm pretty smart with tech. Yeah. But <laughs> and the zoom H2N is just a USB, uh, interface that plugs directly into your computer so you can. Um, you know, it just shows up as, as your mic when you, uh, when you choose what mic you want to use. The, and, and the other thing that you got to watch out for, cause I made this mistake uh, a couple of times is in a recording. I, uh, if you have more than one option for sound, like even if you have a sound card or a mic, uh, make sure you choose the right, right mic. One time I chose my Bluetooth headphones, which were on the other side of the room and, uh, you know. And my webcam has a mic, so my webcam is one of the options. And I've had like I've actually left the webcam as the mic before too, and it's terrible. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know why the webcam even has a mic, but it does. <laughs> so so you you just gotta you, these are just the little tiny things that uh, you gotta look out for. And then as far as streaming goes, I use OBS, which is free and uh, very handy to use. Except uh, it's it's definitely you gotta be kind of geeky and like just tinker with it to get it to work properly. Uh, cause it, it, the, the, it's, it's the software that plugs into a streaming platform, which we use restream.io. So we send the stream to restream and then restream puts it out to all the different social networks from there. Nice. Uh, if you want to go there. Yeah. Restream will go simultaneously to Facebook, LinkedIn, like, well, Periscope, which might be going away. I'm hearing now Twitch. Um, there's a bunch. There's like 25 of them. Yeah. Right. It doesn't do Instagram. That's the one it doesn't do. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that is that. Uh, I think we covered everything, did we? More, more probably more than you wanted to know. But no, that's that's great. No. Um, yeah, jump in, you know, We 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 certainly have some experience with some of those different platforms and and uh, workflows that you mentioned. I mean, and in our sound booth, we've got a great mic. We have a Neumann um, TLM one of three, I believe. So really nice microphone. We're, we're trying to figure out, you know, when we're all working from home, what can we do? That's a maybe a bit more budget friendly setup. So that's super helpful to, to have some options to look into there and have a little bit of experience developing, you know, graphics packages for OBS, but haven't ever run that myself. It, it looks pretty terrifying when I look at screenshots of that platform. Um, you, you, you know, After Effects though, right? Uh, we're familiar with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I don't personally know how to use it. I think Amy has a bit more experience. I do. Yeah. Okay. My, my background before starting killer was, uh, besides the marketing side, before I flipped to marketing, I was doing video editing and animation. So okay. I'm really good at pictures that move. I'm actually really bad at pictures that are static, which is why I don't actually do any of the graphic design work for our company, but I've been able to jump in and help on animation from time to time. But luckily Josh came and built our animation department with real talent so well if if you could figure out just like how that stuff works it's like not that hard it's it's really not as far as um microphone costs go like this setup that i have like the microphone itself i think was 399 so 400 bucks um i think the amp was about 150 there's something called a i think it's called a cloud filter that is necessary that goes that also is attached for like another 100 bucks so, um, and then like XLR cables and headphones and out the door, you're probably looking at somewhere between 700 to $1,000 for the whole setup. And, and also like the, the metal arm was like 70 bucks. It wasn't cheap. This one, cause it's a heavy mic. So it needed a stronger one. Um, so it's not that bad uh, for, you know, especially considering that it's like a life, you know, you're paying it once. It's not a recurring fee. 
Uh, and then if you if you go USB route, there's a few different like USB mics. There's a Yeti. I think Rode has one called the Podcaster. That's a USB that's pretty decent. And then mine, the Zoom, which is, and that was 130, 35 yeah. or something. Yeah, that's probably the best option if you're going to go USB is what Andro says. Yeah, I yeah. would I would recommend it. I, I looked around and I, I've always liked the Zoom quality. And so uh, that's the, uh, yeah, but but a good, good, good mic is, because, you know, it's like this, like, how many podcasts have we listened to where you just hear someone's like bad sound? You're like, oh God, I love what you're saying, but you're killing me with this, with this awful sound. So, yeah. you know, you want to be, you want to really use high quality mics, uh, you know, at least medium quality and, and right. headphones too, because the, the, you can hear, the echo. you know, the echo. Yeah. The reason you use headphones for anyone that doesn't know that's listening to this is that if the audio is playing through the speakers, it creates an echo effect. So basically it would, it would create that echo that you're going to hear on the recording. So we don't want that. <laughs> so you're telling me it wasn't a great idea to just, uh, talk through my built-in laptop microphone and use my laptop speakers well squadcast does have an echo canceling effect on here so they they it actually works pretty well because i'm not really hearing an echo from you so but ideally you don't do that because if you're in zoom they don't have that as far as Mm -hmm. i know right now and depending on what software you're recording in they might not have that echo cancellation and even even then it may, it's not it's usually not perfect also so and yeah. and the reason why we don't use zoom recordings is because the zoom recordings aren't as quality as the squadcast recording yeah. which records each track separately and then like you know i, I like like w- with you Josh i might have to take it in there and just like boost you know some of the you know the amplitude or you know change some tweak it just a little bit to clean it up uh, in audition, but it's, you know, it's not that difficult, but, uh, you want to, you want to create less work for yourself in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a a guest joining, it was super easy just to click a link and here we are, which is great. Um, I was wondering, you know, doing, uh, having been doing some remote video capture and audio capture during the coronavirus pandemic, that's sort of been the struggle is how do we get people to set up their, their video recording, uh, you know, which is generally their smartphone and maybe a lav mic. How do we get them to set it up and give instruction, be like, okay, now you have to get the files and you have to upload them here and you have to send them here. Let me know if you need me to like hop on a screen share to help you with it. Um, so if it's as simple, like for guests is just joining this thing and all that's happening on the back end, that's, yeah, it takes a lot of that headache out. Yeah. So, so you definitely want to go with Squadcast. But, uh, but uh, any other questions? I mean, do we, do we cover it with our long winded answer? I've got one. Um, so Andres, what webcam are you using? Because I've been loving how it does rack focus for you. Like every time you move around, it, it kind of shifts the focus and it's pretty darn professional the way it appears. Yeah, that, that was actually because uh, I was looking for a good webcam. Uh, it's my Canon Rebel uh, T7i. So uh, which costs, you know, I think they're up to the 8i or something, but you can get them. You can get them now probably for like five, six hundred Nice. And uh, I have a I have a lens that is a a Sigma 150 that it has a really good shallow depth of field. So uh, there, I, I paid for this piece of software that turns the Canon cameras into a webcam. But then Canon just released their own little piece of software that will do it for the Canon cameras. And uh, I definitely recommend that also because if you are doing streaming, mm-hmm. it. The, quality is just so good so it's a it's like a film camera essentially uh and then you know you depending on the lighting you can get like a circle light for pretty cheap um but uh yeah that that's something that it does definitely ups the quality and it makes it if you're going to do streaming it makes it a lot better and then with obs what's uh really interesting depending on how geeky you want to go you can list the cameras and you can actually go back and forth uh, and and do different camera angles, and then do bottom thirds that slide in, uh, you know, and uh, and all sorts of like neat tricks, kind of real time, so you don't have to do them as much in post. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. So uh, yeah, so uh, Josh, how about you? Any any questions that? Uh... Oh, so many questions, uh, but I know we're we're limited in our time. Um, but definitely was particularly curious just on the technical sort of workflow production side of things. Um, you know, I'm, I, I have a lot of just thoughts around just general identity and, and sound marks and things like that. And, and, you know, how you figure out what do we 
how do we create the right audio environment to really like, you know, embody who we are as a podcast, um, which I think is our, one of our next big questions to tackle um, that as well as, you know, figuring out, well, what the hell are we actually doing a podcast about? What are, what are, uh, what's the cadence, you know, what are the topics we're going to be doing? And I think we're making some headway there, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about the identity piece right now. The big thing I think is uh, just take action, start recording, and then course correct as you go. I mean, that's like the way I look at it. Exactly. That's what we did. And I mean, our first episodes were pretty terrible, like audio quality. I mean, not, I mean, you know, we're USB mics, we're recording on Zencaster, we were dealing with audio drift problems. Um, I think we had sometimes like the sound quality would get pretty, really bad, and we didn't have great, you know, even the editing. I, I didn't know how to really use Adobe Audition back then. I've gotten better with that. And just things like that. So I think as you go, you course correct. Go ahead. Yeah, and I, I actually uh, I, I tended to speak too loud, and uh, we. I, the only reason I found this is because people would leave comments uh, in on the podcast saying like, "Oh, the podcast is great," except that one host he yells too much. It's just like one host <laughs> yells all the time, and I can't stand it. So you know, I had to like reel that in some a little bit, but but you know, it's it's like you'll discover as you move along, and the more that you sit and try and theorize what you're going to do, the more you're not doing it. And it's kind of like you know, when I came here, uh, I I practiced Dutch with Duolingo, and then when I but it, it the, that was more theory, and when people started talking to me, I'm like, what? I don't understand. Uh, so as I started talking to people, it, it that's when the language really started kicking in. So you just got to do it and don't look back, don't edit, just move forward and just know that that uh, you know as as Jake the dog says on Adventure Time, uh, the first step in being really good at something is sucking at something. So uh, the first episodes are going to suck, and uh, just be okay with that. It's just like that's fine; uh, they will get better, and so. You just have to give yourself over to that and not worry about, you know, that you're writing with one hand and editing with the other. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, so, so tell us again what the current title is of the podcast and uh, where we can find you and uh, everything that you do. So the current title is Decomplexified. Um, you can find both Josh and I at uh, killervisualstrategies.com, which is the agency that, that we run. Um, or you can find us both on LinkedIn, Amy Balliet and Josh Miles. Um, and our goal is to get this podcast, um, you know, first episode and, and beyond out on all the major places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. So um, we will have decomplexifiedpodcast.com where we'll be posting this stuff as well. Nice, nice. Well, uh, in the immortal words of Shia LaBeouf, just do it! Do it! <laughs> And um, yeah, with, he will uh, not divide us. He will not divide us. That's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or uh, uh, I, I didn't hit you that hard. That's uh, also Shia LaBeouf, according to. Uh, or swinging with monkeys in the in the trees in Indiana Jones. Shia yeah, LaBeouf. Yeah, <laughs> chopping off your legs, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, thank you so much for coming back on the program. I I, I wish you, this sounds like a great podcast, probably better than ours. Uh, so we're we're excited to hear it. And uh, we will leave a link to the premiere episode down below uh, where our listeners, our seven listeners, can uh, check it out for themselves. Perfect. Great. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. So and with that, you. we are out. Stay classy. Marketing geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andrew Sturgeon and Justin Womack, the fun will never end. It's marketing geeks. Marketing geeks.